This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is still Sunday, June 20th. This is episode 340. I am Dan Ellis, joined by two awesome co-hosts, Mr. Ryan Duffy. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. And Mr. Taylor Grin. Hey, hey, how's it going? Good. So, uh, what have you guys been doing since we stopped recording the last episode ten minutes ago? <laughs> well, I uh, I peed. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I said hi to the dogs. Okay. And, open uh, another beer. Okay. Yeah, and I uh, I I came back down here into the basement. Mm-hmm. Fantastic! It sounds like uh, you've been uh, super busy. Yeah. I put a I put a a sweater on. Uh huh. Because the air conditioning vent is right above my head. <laughs> gotcha. um, yeah. I see. So we are just continuing our coverage of uh, Christian nationalism. And yep. uh, yeah. So uh, basically, what we're doing is um, I wrote too long of a script. And so we had to turn our last episode into our last two episodes. Was it, was um, it too long or too good? Mm, yes, the latter. the latter for sure. No. Um, I speak German. <laughs> uh, so no, there, so there's a few reasons why we did this one. Um, we wanted to give ourselves room to take July 4th off, but still give you guys an episode. Um, but you might be saying to yourself, but hang on a second. That would mean there needs to be one more episode. And you're right. Um, recently, uh, honestly, I would call him a friend of the show, Thomas Smith, but he probably doesn't know who the hell we are. Um, has has come under fire for his response to an article claiming that members of the new atheist movement um, are essentially joining the far right. Um, and next week's episode, the next episode that you will hear after this one, we are going to get into the article itself that claims that members of new atheism are joining the far right. Uh, we're going to get into the arguments made by Thomas Smith Um, that basically say this article has some holes in it and it's kind of misrepresenting the people that it's talking about. And then we're going to get into a little bit of inside baseball in the atheist movement where um, another few podcasters are kind of like attacking Thomas Smith. Yeah. Shitting on him for his arguments. Right. And And I think the situation is a bit more nuanced. Yeah. And they're dogpiling Thomas who does not fucking deserve that shit at all. No, not at all. From his his discussions he's had with uh, Dr. Lindsay Osterman about, um, you know, the failures of the intellectual dark web from his debate with Sargon of Akkad. Um, You know, this this guy, Thomas Smith, is a has been a fantastic proponent for humanism and and social justice issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And he is being treated like he is a sympathizer with the intellectual dark web, which is very, um, you know, I would argue, you know, hopefully you guys agree is, is a disingenuous misrepresentation of his position to put it mildly. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And and I want to come to his defense, you know, it'll be a little bit later than, than is probably helpful. um, Cause I'm sure that stuff will have changed in the intervening couple of weeks. Um, But I want to make sure I've already read the content. Um, and I introduced it to the other guys. I wanted to, to make sure that we were in consensus about this, mm-hmm. but we're going to spend the next week to read the relevant material, listen to the relevant podcasts, you know, come up with a um, position that the three of us agree on. And then we're going to do an episode on that because we want to make sure that we stand in solidarity with yeah. the people that we support. Well, yeah. and even when we don't agree with something, all three of us, we let each other know that oh, and yeah. you know that as well. Yeah. 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 Like we have differences of opinion for sure, but Yep. Like, like from what I've seen, the scorn that is being heaped on Thomas is completely undeserved and unfair. Yeah. Yeah. I listened yeah. to his show today and I was like, really? Yeah. Like, I didn't see where he really 
strayed too far outside the lines on what he was saying. Like I agreed with yeah. what he was saying. Yeah. 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 I think, I think so, people are being unfair to him for sure. So that will mm-hmm. be, that will be yeah. a good episode. I look forward to doing that. Yep. And, and like, I think it comes from a beef that one of his detractors has with one of the people that, um, you know, Thomas Smith basically said that an individual definitely has right positions, but can't be accurately described as far right. And because of this other podcasters beef with that guy, she's now lopping Thomas in with him, even though Thomas has done multiple, multiple episodes against that other guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm being ambiguous here on purpose um, because we're going to go into all of that next week. Yes. But it's just, (laughs) it's, it's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. It's, it's, you know, I grow tired of people saying, saying the trite thing of, oh, well, the left is just constantly eating itself because in most cases, it's not a case of the left eating itself. It's still, you know, the left trying to hold people within the left accountable for things they say and do because we're not fucking mm-hmm. hypocrites. But in this case, I think it, it it has gone to the point of like, this is completely undeserved, unfair treatment of Thomas for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and it very much strikes me as like the the young Turks or the, um, you know, Cody Johnson, Katie Stoll style left mm-hmm. going against the, you know, what would probably be called center left. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, largely because they need to have someone to vilify. Yeah. Um, but I'm probably like to the right of the two of you guys on that issue. So we'll talk about it more next week. And yeah, you know, we probably talked about it too much now, but I just wanted <laughs> to get in the details to like, why we're recording the way that we're recording, why you know, the next few episodes you'll see will be the way you see, like we, you know, want to get some content out to you. And we also want to be able to take a little bit of a break, but still get you guys content. So yeah, without further ado, um, I'm going to continue on talking about um, the Bundys and Matt Shea. Yay! And probably, I mean, I mean, probably assuage some of you who have listened to last week's episode and thought, well, that was a lot of shit about, um, you know, anti-government folks, but it wasn't really Christian nationalism. And I'm hoping this week's content makes you go, oh, you know, yeah. Scooby-Doo pulled away the mask and it was Christian nationalism all along. We're going to kind of shit up. in the same pot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So since the Bunkerville standoff and the Malheur uh, occupation, um, Matt Shea, the guy I talked about last week, a representative from the Washington House, uh, Washington House of Representatives, um, has found a new audience beyond his district uh, by June of 2016 at a place called Marble Country, uh, which is a religious compound um, in the far northeastern corner of Washington. Shea has found a spotlight. Marble Country was established in the 1990s by Barry and Ann Bird. Barry Bird is one of 14 signers of the Remnant Resolves, which is a foundational document of the Christian identity movement. The document is about a notion that America was intended to be a Christian nation and needed a proper Christian government, according to Mark Mark Pitkovich, a senior research fellow at the Anti-Defamation League. Mm. It's written in the book Remnant that the right to defend one's life, liberty, and property is a God-given right supported by scripture, and that anyone who prevents the arming of men is an enemy of God's people. Uh, additionally, uh, the Remnant advocates that aborticide, they don't say it, it's abortion, they call it aborticide, mm. um, is murder. Sodomy is a sin against God and nature. Interracial marriage pollutes the integrity of the family and pornography destroys the purity of mind and defiles the conscience of a nation. Uh, um, the, yeah. yeah. So that's all. That's all. So whole, last episode I, mean, I said, I, oh, I was just going to say, yeah. that's okay, a whole sorry, fucking, I'll let you guys react to that. Yeah. yeah have fun. I was just going to say, that's, that's a whole fucking lot there. Like aborticide. Yeah. They're just making up words yes. now. And sodomy is a sin so are they i'm guessing just based on context and knowing that they're a far-right christian group they're specifically referring to a type of sodomy um because sodomy basically is anything that is not vaginal penis to vaginal penetration right so that could be uh, oral sex finger like there's so many things that come under the blanket of sodomy but i'm guessing that because of who these people are, they're specifically talking about homosexual acts. Yes. 
Almost. In a, yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. also guessing a board. I mean, I haven't gotten specifically into their views on sex. Go ahead. Well, I was going to guess a board aside is anything contraception related. Like, so, so yeah, that could I, be just uh, taking you know the what? pill. That's actually really insightful. I don't know, but that, that probably is how they view that. Yeah. Because I've heard people um, on the far right quote numbers that come from like, if you include all the people on birth control, all the people who use the morning after pill and all that. Yeah. That's where you get your millions and millions of abortions a year, mm-hmm. but they're not abortions. Mm-hmm. Right. They're, they're just people using birth control. Well, yeah. And, and so I'm going to, I'm going to add some more explanation that wasn't in the script um, kind of prompted by, uh, you know, the beginning of our discussion last week, um, last week, an hour ago, but you know, last <laughs> week for the listener. Um, so, Christian identity is a very whitewashed name for an incredibly white supremacist belief system. Yes. Um, so Christian identity finds its origin in a British Christian movement from like the early 1900s, if I recall correctly. And they basically make the argument totally unfounded in anything resembling science that the um, tribes of Israel referred to in the Bible um, that are supposed to be like the inheritors of the house of David um, were actually Aryan and Saxon peoples. And so the true Israelites and any reference to Israelites in the Bible um, are Aryans and Saxons and that any like claim by Jewish folks to any sort of biblical favoritism are, are usurpers to that birthright. Um and that's just the beginning. Like, that's just the shitty center of the shit sandwich. Um, so they follow a lot of like the white supremacist tropes in terms of like racial separatism, apartheid, genocide, all that jazz. Um, when, when you talk Nazis. about like, <laughs> yes, well, yes, A, they are Nazis. B, they're like the really fucking concerned about sex and gender roles nazis right like there are some nazis that care a lot more about this than others but they are the kind of nazis who think that birth control is bad because it stops white women from making more white children these are Mm -hmm. 14 words kinds of nazis um so yeah when when they say things like pornography destroys the purity of the mind they view it that way because pornography is a thing that allows a you know a man always a man because women don't watch porn um pornography is a thing that allows a man to get his jolly off without like a woman being involved and impregnating that woman abortion and birth control are bad because they stop that woman from having a child sodomy is bad because it allows sex that doesn't lead to white kids yeah yeah, well, and then yeah. I'm sure that, yes. you know, their definition of pornography would be much more inclusive of a wide variety of things than what, you know, more, uh, I don't know, like more liberally minded people or more like uh, Maxim magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Go ahead and drop the interstitial of the uh, the Simpsons quote where he says, yeah, I spent my my evening alone at home going through the Victoria's Secret magazine. Lie detector goes off. Sears magazine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's not going yeah. to be like hardcore porn with, you know, fully naked genitalia or anything like I'm guessing they would include such things as. Victoria's Secret models yeah, and the yeah. Sears magazine, like yeah. people yeah. not fully clothed. Like if you see someone's underwear, that could be pornography to these people. People not right. dressed right. modestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, people who don't look like the women in uh, *Handmaid's Tale*. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's a whole last thing, and it is it is part and parcel of the redoubt uh, movement. Um, the Redoubt movement is a movement by white supremacists um, attempting to create their own space in the Northwest, um, specifically Eastern Washington and Oregon and North Idaho. And the idea was that they would form their own enclaves in those regions um, in order to essentially self-govern and carve out a white ethno state. Um, they have had mild success. Um, the bird compound um, at, at this, uh, you know, country location that they set up marble country location is one such redoubt movement compound. Um, so well, I was, was going to bring Mal- up, 
Oh, with that, uh, do you remember uh, Lath, North Dakota? Olath, North Dakota? Lath. Or? L-E-I-T-H. No, that was uh, that, that small town where the white supremacists went in there and started buying all the land. Oh, with okay. the specific intent to only allow white supremacists to live there. Interesting. I'm surprised they did it in North Dakota. Well, when um, he bought the place, there was the population was 16. Gotcha. So okay. very uninhabited area, very small town. And the, a guy went in there, started buying all the properties and everyone that was moving in or he was allowing to move into the community were fucking white supremacists. And he was trying to take it right, over and right. create a white supremacist town. Interesting. Interesting. There's a, a religious cult that actually did the same thing, but I cannot remember enough details to even add interesting conversation to that. So, yeah, I mean, there are histories of, of groups of people moving into an area and trying to just create a, you know, micro nation state for themselves. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just remember this one because when this was happening, it was it was on the news quite a bit. And yeah. the guy was very unabashed about what he was doing. He's like, oh, no, yeah, we are making a white town. Yeah. For white Christians that believe in white supremacy. Mm. Like, mm. I, I don't care if you know, like, that's what we're doing. Fuck you. Right. Right. I mean, on the other hand, it makes it really easy for the FBI to just kind of put a watch them. Zip code. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh. Um, so we have come to the point of uh, taking a break. We're going to go ahead and do that. And on the flip side of this, we will talk to you more about. Uh, Matt Shea and his involvement in Marble Country. Hi, this is Yvette Dontremont, a.k.a. The Cybabe, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. You can find me at Cybabe.com, at my Twitter account, at The Cybabe, and if you've hunt really hard, you can find me at Pornhub. I dare you. Do you hold a grudge against Montgomery Burns? No. All right, maybe I did, but I didn't shoot him. Checks out. Okay, sir, you're free to go. Good, because I got a hot date tonight. Hot date. Dinner with friends. Dinner alone. Watching TV alone. All right. I'm going to sit at home and ogle the ladies in the Victoria's Secret catalog. Sears catalog. Now, would you unhook this already, please? I don't deserve this kind of shabby treatment. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. All right. Getting back to Matt Shea. In 2016, there was a God and Country Festival um, where Shea hosted a special invite-only meeting for the birds. Ann Bird explained in an email to invitees that this meeting was largely focused on building a, quote, resistance to the globalists' relentless assault on our liberty in the United States. She was um, Alex Jones. You know, those globalists. Well, and so that's the thing is that globalist is almost always used by white supremacists as mm-hmm. a stand in for Jewish. Yeah. Anti-Semitic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know where they're going with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Shay gave a workshop for kids at that festival as well um, that he called Team Rugged, which uh-huh. was an exercise in field skills for youth, including a field strip and reassemble of an assigned weapon, orienteering, field dressing wounds, following orders, PT, shooting skills, etc. What kind of like a Nazi youth camp? What is orienteering? Yeah. Orienteering, uh, like using a comp, shooting an azimuth, and locating where you are on a map. Oh. For non-military people, it's it's knowing how to tell where the hell you are on a map and then uh, go in that the directions too. you want to. Becoming I mean, if you know what shooting an azimuth means, you should know what orienteering is, I guess. Yeah, orienting right. yourself to your surroundings <laughs> to know which direction you need to head, all that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Using, like, topographical maps and shit like that, not just knowing that you're on highway, like, 65 going east. It's what deal. people did before we had iPhones and, and smartphones and shit. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. knowing the difference between true north and magnetic north. Right, right. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> yep. After, after the dinner... Um, at that work, uh, sorry, after that dinner, he gave another workshop that he called Going Underground. Mm. I have no further information on that. Um, these, these festivals happen annually, and Matt Shea has gone every year since that 2016 year. Um, they are also fairly hard to get information about because 
that particular blend of white supremacist community is fairly close knit. And you don't really get to go to those things unless somebody knows who you are and knows that you can be trusted. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if going underground, especially being that this is round this era means mm-hmm. kind of staying off of social media, like keeping your mm-hmm. presence hidden a little bit. Yep. yep. Going off grid, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so regular listeners of the sh- listeners of the show might remember um, the biblical basis for war incident mm-hmm. um, in 2018. Well, in 2017, um, Shay acknowledged distributing a document called a biblical basis for war, um, which in like in his own words, conducted uh, or sorry, provided guidelines for conducting holy war. The document included guidelines like. If they do not yield, kill all males. Um, and, and I'm actually going to get into some of like the details of it. It's a if anyone's ever had a PowerPoint briefing, especially by military folks, um, the only documentation that we have available is very much his bullet points for whatever lecture this is. And very clearly, he was saying more that wasn't listed in those bullet points. Mm. The bullet points alone are damning enough. Um, Some of the excerpts I grabbed from it is that before going to war, he says you should make an offer of peace. Those that offer of peace should include um, or rather it's it's not a negotiation or a compromise of righteousness, according to him, um, that the surrender must be in terms of justice and righteousness um, and that the surrender must include things such as um, ceasing all abortions, ending same sex marriage, uh, that there will be no more idolatry or occultism, that there will be no communism and that the surrendering party must obey all biblical law Holy if they shit. yield then they have to pay a share of their work or taxes. And if they don't yield, you invade them and kill all of the men. Matt. Um, wow. Isn't this kind of like exactly what the fucking Taliban did? Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Yes, it yes. is like exactly how the Taliban operates yes. or not, not just Taliban. The, uh, um, uh, ah, fuck, uh, ISIS. ISIS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also. Yes. Because yeah. they would allow people to live in that area as long as they followed some certain rules. And if they weren't fucking ISIS Muslim, you mm-hmm. paid a tax or you yep. died well, or became slaves. They enslaved a lot of people. So this is the um, American. And, and they took women as sex slaves as well, which, uh, um, you know, based on the kind of shit that like Jordan Peterson says, I can very much see these folks taking women as sex slaves as well. Um Yeah. Uh, so additionally, um, the. Biblical basis for war document points out what they call is a tyrant and they clarify that as being somebody, sorry, Matt Shea clarifies that as being um, somebody who rules without God. He, he says that a tyranny is not a lawful form of government. And he quotes St. Augustine saying that godless civil rulers are no more than bands of robbers. He's a little oblique in the document, but he's basically calling any non theocracy, a tyrannical government. Yeah, man, that sounds like some fucking libertarian bullshit. Right. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. and it's theocratic shit as well. Yeah. You know, they're they're trying to argue that any any leader who isn't a, a religious leader is an illegitimate leader, and like that's literally why we made this fucking country. Yeah. Is is because we said, you know what, King Henry, like you're not God on earth. Uh, no one is. Yeah. So yeah, for these people trying to uphold our constitution, this definitely flies in the face of it. Yeah, it's that whole taxation is theft libertarian line of bullshit that that mm-hmm. I'm I'm hearing that little bit of dog whistle there and the godless civilian band rulers are no more than robbers kind of thing. Yeah. So um in, in this biblical basis for war document, um he then goes on, uh, Matt Shea then goes on to describe um acceptable options in response to tyranny, keeping <laughs> in mind that that's his definition of tyranny, which is non-theocratic government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um he says, first of all, uh, engage in the use of deception, um, not generally speaking, but very specifically. Um, he advocates avoiding being an accomplice to sin and that you don't owe the truth to someone who will abuse it. How does that fucking square with the biblical commandments of thou shalt not bear false witness? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's me the whole line. Lie, 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 lie. Yep. Um, 
he talks about avoidance um, and says that that doesn't mean cowardice. Um, he says that conflict with tyranny is also preventing wickedness from harming property, lives, and family when you don't have the strength or resources to overcome the tyranny. Basically, advocating for things like this redoubt movement, where if you can't openly oppose the government, then uh, you know you hide away to reduce its effect on you. Again, coming from his point of view, and then uh, he absolutely advocates for. And I'm quoting here assassination and sabotage and said that assassination to remove tyrants is just not murder. <laughs> wow. So it's not murder in his eyes. If it's somebody that he disagrees with. Yeah. Which I, I don't know. In fact, no, that's a lie. I know that Matt Shea is not a Mormon, but it reminds me a lot of that. Like early, you know, like what one Nephi fucking shit. Um, where where Nephi in the Book of Mormon is is told to kill that king dude while he's asleep, because if he doesn't kill him, then like fucking, you know, generations of people will suffer because of his rule. And it's that exact justification like that comes from holy books that says, oh, yeah, you know, thou shalt not kill except, you know, except in for when case, you kill in that case, in that case. <laughs> Uh, thou shalt not except for and then yeah a laundry list of everybody who disagrees with you right yes um by june 2020 um matt shea uh was announced as the next pastor of the covenant christian church in spokane washington um replacing current pastor ken peters um peters is relocating to knoxville tennessee um, to start a new church and Peter's described that change as quote, God moving generals around. Um, it's really important. And, yeah. That's a whole lot of fucking self-importance. Like, Oh yeah. God has chosen me to be a general of these people to lead this flock of sheep in, in a righteous path toward God. Mm-hmm. So, so um, I left this out in my original script, but we have time. So I'm going to go into it. Um, Matt Shea, After the biblical um, basis for war came out, um, his peers in the Washington House um, started to really not like the guy even more than they already didn't like the guy. (laughs) It's like Ted Cruz on steroids. (laughs) Yeah, they hired a private intelligence firm called Rampart, which is run by a former FBI agent, to do a background investigation, which turned up um, communications that he had with far right groups, including threepers and uh, Oath Keepers and that kind of thing. Um, this is how they found out that he had been in communication with Ammon Bundy during the Malheur Refuge thing mm. and provided them intelligence. Mm. Um, and like they have the receipts, like they've got screenshots <laughs> of conversations that took place. Um, they they don't specify the platform, but it's almost certainly signal uh, communications, the, the app signal, um, because they were able to verify um, that the vernambulator or whatever it was, uh, handle that he was using was him because it was attached to his cell phone number. Oh, um, fucking smart guy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Brilliant dude. Um, and Don't like, ever figure like, me out. Trigger warning, like violence fast forward, you know, 30 seconds or whatever on your phone. But like in these conversations, he is nodding along to other right wing extremists who are saying things like if we catch any, of those lesbians let's hang them by a or from a flagpole by their nipple rings oh yeah um or to bash their heads into a jersey barrier and this is not matt shea saying these things these are the people in the chat with him but like, him agreeing to yeah, yeah. that his his response to that is and and his response to them saying that they need to show up at the homes and workplaces and daycare facilities of antifa protesters in one instance um his response to them is sounds good give me names so i can run background checks oh, oh. my god wow <sighs> like yeah. it would Shit. like it would be one thing to be you know quietly accepting of these comments of other people in whatever group, but to say, Oh no. Yeah. That sounds like a fucking great idea, guys. Hey, uh, give me some information on them so I can run some background checks for you. Like that's a whole Mm -hmm. other level of assholery. Yep. After that report came out to their credit, the Republican party of Washington removed him from uh, their website 
um, repositioned him on the house floor to basically put him in the like booster seat, <laughs> removed him from his committee um, positions, um, did not endorse him for reelection, asked him to resign, which he refused to. Um, and, and like they basically put him in the cooler for the remainder of his term when he announced that he was going to be the new pastor um, of that covenant Christian church in Spokane. That's because um, he knew that he was going to get primaried and elected not to run for reelection. So he's like the Marjorie Taylor Greene of Washington politics, of Washington yes. state politics. Yeah, I would argue worse, but yes. Yeah. Um, as far as we know about Marjorie Taylor Greene now. Yeah. Um, so the last thing about Matt Shea is um, at an event in North Idaho, less than a month after the 2021 storming of the United States Capitol, um, Shea called on his followers to prepare for, quote, total war against their enemies. He claimed that the election was stolen and he engaged in Islamophobic rhetoric, saying that during the Battle of Tours in 1732, the army of Islam would go into churches and rape the nuns on the altar until there were no more virgins left and they'd start in on the boys. And he used this... Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of par for the course of the kind of shit that he would say, getting into that biblical basis of war thing. And he's using those comments to argue that that's what's going to happen to those Christians if like Muslims take over and shit like that. Wow. Holy shit. Yes. Um, Another thing about Matt Shea is that his wife left him uh, in like 2009 because he was abusive. Um, I believe again in like the trench coat and katana thing that I said earlier, um, he literally said at one point that he or or rather she cited in the divorce proceedings that he told her to always walk on his left, because if he had a sword, it would be on his right hand side. And that's where he would need to get it. And like, not only is that some fucking weeby shit, but it's not even good weeby shit because you keep a sword on your left hand side so you can draw it with your right fucking hand. Yeah. Like (laughs) this guy is the biggest fucking try hard I've ever fucking heard of. It's yeah. Bullshit chivalry. Yeah. Fucking nonsense. He, he made his wife work while he went through law school and then told her after he graduated law school, he would expect her to keep supporting him. Oh yeah. And then, and then, and then within like a few months of divorcing his wife, he married a Ukrainian woman. Like, like very, very much either a like mail order bride and or Russian fucking plant. Like one of the two or both. Wow. Probably. He's probably too fucking stupid to know it was a Russian plant. Yeah. He's a try hard, try hard freedom LARPer. Yeah. Oh, Oh, man. Fucking. So that's, that's Matt Shea. Um, And we're coming up on a break. So we're going to go ahead and break now. And when we get back, we're going to talk about Ammon Bundy's um, People's Rights Network. Hi, I'm Lucian Greaves, spokesperson and co-founder of the Satanic Temple. Check out my website, grayfaction.org, if you want to be disgusted and alarmed. You're listening to Godless Revolution. The the, the left just doesn't understand religion at all. They don't understand. They refuse to recognize religion. When it comes to the Middle East, it, it is the only driving factor. It is it. That's it. You want to know what these guys are doing in ISIS? They are worshiping God to the level of their understanding. That's what's happening over there. They think they are worshiping God, period. Um, it, but they won't recognize that. And then they will recognize Christians as a real problem here in America. And they want to shut Christians down. What, 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 what is this except the work of Satan? If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! And welcome back. Um, we're going to cover the last issue for today's episode. Um, in the wake of COVID-19... Ammon Bundy formed the People's Rights Network. Um, I guess it's inaccurate to say that uh, he founded it in the wake of COVID-19. He tried to start it before COVID-19, and COVID-19 is what lit the fire under its ass. Mm. Um, The People's Rights Network is a loose organization of separationists, conspiracy theorists, uh, COVID deniers, 
anti-vaxxers, militia, white supremacists, and other extremists. QAnon. Um, uh, and, and then some. Um, oh, man. There's got to be like a, a evil mustache version of like LGBTQ there but oh. I, don't, I don't have that joke on i thought you were making now. fun of my mustache for a second there no no not Jeez, at all not at all bro. um so so um the the people's rights network has subdivided segments of the united states predominantly the west into 153 sectors Holy and shit. um uses those sectors as localized units um the network can marshal more than twenty thousand extremists that's uh, more a than lot. a dozen. That's that's terrifying, actually. Yes. Um, while the movement started um, as a small uh, right-wing resistance to COVID-19, those lockdown measures served as a steroid shot to the ass uh, for the network. Um, their language has been not so much anti-government as, quote, a righteous response to the wicked. And the wicked um, being the government. Like, that's... Well, right? yeah. <laughs> also the government. Um but but they have traditionally uh, defined the wicked using far right conspiracism, racism, anti semitism, anti indigenous peoples, and anti transgender, um, targeting liberals, the LGBTQ, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, um, all of that shit. Basically, anybody who doesn't agree with our Christian nationalist view of things. Correct. Yeah. Um, the movement claims to function in a non hierarchical fashion. But that's not really true. Um, it does have descending tiers of leaders and assistants. So Ammon Bundy sits atop the heap. Um, then he has a state leader. And then each of those state leaders have area um, assistance. And that's where like that 120, uh, sorry, 153 like sectors comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, any given like area assistant is probably only going to be able to rally like a few dozen people, whatever militia exists in that area. Um, The idea is that when something comes up that they want to protest happens, the local area is the one who rallies the militia. Sorry, the local area assistant rallies the militia in their area. And because they've got that hierarchical structure, um, it stops like, let's say that one area assistant gets compromised. Um, He or she can't, blow the lid on all of the organization, only the area for which they're responsible. And you'll note my language there. Almost always when I talk about extremist movements, um, I refer to he's because in most extremist movements, the members are male. Mm -hmm. With regards to the militias themselves, absolutely true. They're almost always dudes. As far as the leadership is concerned, um, 47% of the area assistance for the um, People's Rights Network are women. Oh, wow. How, what? That's surprising. Yeah. That's yeah. super Almost surprising. Half. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it like the wives of the higher ups? Like being um, almost half? So I don't know. Um, there, There is a list of all the people involved. I have not spent the time and brain power to like develop intel on all of and those people. Like their relations. Yep. But if I was to make an educated guess, um, what I think it comes down to is this, right? Um, during the 80s and 90s, the white supremacist movement, women um, women were A, for breeding, but they were also homemakers. And there's a lot of importance put on women as organizers within white supremacist movements. Um, like, they're the ones who put together, like, like um, fucking potlucks and shit like that. And, like, it sounds silly, like a whole bunch of skinheads of the potluck, but it's a thing that they do. Mm. Um, and when it comes to organizing communities, that work often gets placed on the women. Um, additionally, when dudes go to jail, their wives almost never do. So these women who are very much involved in their husband's business are able to continue that work from the outside with plausible deniability. I can't say no. for certain that that's what's going on here, but like to make an educated guess, and it's it's a fairly educated guess. I know how these people tend to operate. That's what I would say that this kind of thing comes from. Now, as 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 you say this, and I'm looking at the 153 sectors, there's a women's organization, there's the patriarchal men above them. Mm-hmm. It just screams to me the fact that I know Ammon Bundy's Mormon. 
uh, Mormons like to split their stuffs up into districts to have more control over their areas and all that kind of stuff. Mm. This just, just screams of him taking the, uh, Mormon ideas of, uh, their meeting houses and having one in every neighborhood, mm-hmm. women yeah. organizing all the events. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like they're taking that playbook. Uh, maybe in a um, way, not maybe not like consciously, but maybe mm-hmm. subconsciously with his Mormon upbringing. I, I don't it, know. Um, because a lot of the people who have, have become, um, area assistants, um, are like, like they volunteer for the position, right? Like they don't yeah. scout out people to become the area assistant. Normally the area assistant comes to them. Um, the other thing that I think is worth noting, uh, as, as kind of a counter to that point is that, um, Prior to getting shut down by Facebook last year, a lot of the People's Rights Network um, area groups um, were organized on Facebook. And within white supremacy and Christian nationalist movements specifially, there's a lot more female engagement on Facebook in particular. Um, And I think it might have something to do with that, too. The other thing that just now came to mind is that within the... um, like the prepper or, or sorry, the Nazi version of the prepper community. There's a ton of female involvement in that as well. Um, like imagine like a morning TV show kind of deal where instead of preparing like an apple pie, right. On like, uh, you know, what, what was that? What was uh, that? Kelly Ripa, you know, oh, or whatever. I'll just say Andy did, Griffith. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, not Andy Griffith, but uh, Kelly Griffin, right? Was that yeah. the name? Yeah. Um, like that kind of show, but on YouTube, and they're doing like a swastika in the apple pie. Yeah. Uh. Here, here's how you can can, you know, peaches and stuff for your, you know, race war bunker. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of all of those things. Mm. Um, I, I kind of want to take an aside here and talk about like hierarchical, um, you know, organizations of extremist groups. Um, even though the movement is functionally hierarchical because it's got that area assistant emphasis, it's, it's falling in line with one of the more like effective ways of coordinating extremist groups. Like splinter um, cells. Well, yeah. So with extremist groups, there's always a pull in two different directions. On the one hand, a hierarchical arrangement allows for better coordination and deconfliction of resources, both human and otherwise. Basically, if you know what your different units are up to, you can stop two units from pursuing the same goal and better use your resources. Mm. Um, However, the problem with that is is that once a part of the hierarchy has been exploited, it's really easy for the law enforcement to exploit other parts of the hierarchy. And it allows law enforcement to focus on leadership to destabilize movements through decapitation. Um, Conversely, non-hierarchical structure is harder to defeat because different groups operate autonomously. Um, And this is the kind of thing put forward in like the siege Uh, white supremacist book. Um, But autonomous groups tend to be disorganized and unable to accomplish any sort of wide reaching strategic goal. Mm -hmm. Effective terrorist groups function in a semi hierarchical organization model that emphasizes local autonomous leadership, answering to a higher level authority that pushes orders to those groups and then trusts those groups to act on the orders. Um, Those higher level authorities coordinate branches and keep information on them, but they stop any given branch from knowing secrets about other branches. Um, The thing with this kind of form of organization is very prone to conflicts in leadership. When a given local leader feels that they are more important than the overall organization leader and, and like basically creates occasions where, higher authority will say, Hey, local unit do this. And the local unit says, yeah, no, we're not gonna, um, that's not in our interests. Right. Um, I think Bundy understands this, um, because he has in like posts called his area assistance, the gatekeepers of information. Mm. Yeah. So he knows these people are the ones where the information flow stops above them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like they have no ties to the other people. Mm-hmm. And and I got to say, like, this is incredibly similar to how Middle Eastern terrorist groups like ISIS and the Taliban work. Yeah, it's like setting up sleeper cells, except they're not really sleeping. They're just not communicating with the other cells. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're not dumb. Yeah. So members of the People's Rights Network are not 
solely members of the People's Rights Network. Almost always they're part of some pre-existing organization like a local militia um, or the three percenters, the Oath Keepers, who you know, basically elect to opt in to respond to calls sent out through the People's Rights Network. And Bundy himself has described it as trying to be the Uber of the militia movement. Um, they have membership from people in Patriot Prayer, which is a militia group you might know um, for like pointing rifles at protesters from rooftops in Portland during the BLM marchers. Mm-hmm. Um and some of their leaders, especially in Oregon, have connections to the Proud Boys. Yeah, well, in the Patriot Prayer Group, I don't think it's nearly the attention that it deserves. Like the the focus no. of reporting on them specifically. Like mm-hmm. everybody's heard of the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters yeah. and the Oath Keepers. Yeah. Not many people know much about the Patriot Prayer Group, and I think. Mm-hmm. In large part, that's due to their name, like Patriot Prayer. Mm-hmm. What could that possibly? Yeah. How how could yeah, that possibly be a bad? God. Yeah. How could that be a bad yeah. thing? It's like the Clean Air Act that stripped that stripped regulation away from businesses that allowed them to create worse air. <laughs> but if you call it yeah. the Clean Air Act, then how will people be opposed oh, so to it? It's, right. It's good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like groups like Patriot Prayer, their name does not at all describe what they fucking do. Like they're a terrorist organization. They're a, yeah. They're, and they- oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say they remind me a lot of the base and Adam Waffen division, mm-hmm. which someday we'll talk mm-hmm. about are, are like terrorist, terrorist groups. Oh, yeah. They yeah. do training in Ukraine and Russia. I've I've watched some stuff on those guys and yep, they're scary. Yeah, like yeah, from everything I've, I've seen and read, like Patriot Prayer Group is worse than the Proud Boys, but they don't get the attention. Oh, yeah. They don't get the same attention yep. as yeah. the Proud Boys. Yep. Yep. Um, so I, I want to point out, it's important to note, um, unlike Matt Shea's separationist ideas, um, one of the things Matt Shea has argued in favor of is, is a 51st state that would comprise basically the redoubt region that uh, white supremacists talk about. Um, Bundy doesn't advocate for that kind of separatism. Instead, he advocates for members of his movement to run for local level government to become the leadership of those areas, especially winning sheriffs elections because sheriffs are the highest level of authority in the given region, according to his philosophy. Um, He really seems to want to form like the evil goatee version of mutual aid groups, which is like an anarchist thing where like, Basically, semi-autonomous cells will provide aid for each other in their neighborhoods during like environmental crises and stuff. Mm. This is like like the evil clone version of that, um, bringing guns instead of food and medical supplies. Mm. Um, the group often refers to God as the ultimate authority and talks about returning government authority to godly men. Bundy frequently waves around a pocket constitution that was made by the National Center for Constitutional Studies, which itself is a Christian nationalist organization that added quotes into that pamphlet um, about the Constitution that claims America was founded on Christian values. So Um, so it's it's not really the Constitution. It's it's an adulterated version of the Constitution. Yeah. Yes. It's the same one that you'll see a sovereign citizen wave around being like, I've got constitutional rights, you cop. Mm -hmm. I can do whatever I want. So mostly the People's Rights Network has organized like armed protests um, against COVID lockdown Um, Mm -hmm. as COVID has like stopped having lockdowns um, and Ammon needs to stay like present in people's minds. um, They've shifted away from that. Um, They've very recently, as in at the beginning of this month, threatened to occupy the Oregon Klamath water basin irrigation lock. Yeah. Um, Basically, if this lock gets let loose during the drought, it's going to like drain out a reservoir that's needed for people upstream. But because they're keeping it like, you know, at a lower uh, stream than it would normally be. It's harming people downstream. Mm. Um, The uh, uh, people's rights movement by way of Ammon Bundy have threatened to occupy the uh, lock and just open it up regardless of the fucking drought. Um, So yeah, like look forward to the water wars. We've been saying that global warming is going to lead to this shit and like it's coming to you. Probably this year or oh. next, based yes. on yeah, yeah. based on the yep. based on the amount of drought that we're currently suffering through. I would honestly be surprised if it hasn't started by the time you're listening to this episode. <laughs> wow! Um, is, is this also a good time to uh, remind you, Taylor, 
That, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eamon Bundy fantastic. is running for fucking governor of Idaho. <laughs> Idaho. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Announced uh, that, what, so yesterday had, or today? Yesterday. Uh, last night. Yeah. Wow. No. Yep. So, um, yeah, he he apparently moved in to uh, like a home in Idaho um, at the beginning of. Oh, gosh. What was he it? There's a Mitt Romney. Yeah, basically, there was <laughs> there was a, a protest thing that happened in 2015 that I like didn't feel was important enough to go into in the show. But he he got a residency in Idaho and now he's running for office there uh, for governor. So um, I don't think it'll succeed. Um, his brother, Ryan. Um, got two percent of the vote in Nevada when he ran a few years back. Yeah. Um, but Idaho is no Nevada. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and and if you guys have, well, what do you guys have? And then I'll get into my conclusion. I I just I. <laughs> I'm gonna start wondering- loading magazines in preparation for this impending <laughs> war against us. <laughs> well, I'm I I guess. I'm curious to know what we can do to counter this terrifying reality that may come to pass. Um, let me read my conclusion that we can get into that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I know, especially in light of us splitting this, you know, in half, um, it seems like there's a lot of space between movement conservatism's Christian nationalism and Christian identity movements and militia movements in the West. It's very clear that the two movements share value in the idea of America by theocracy and in America's Christian founding myth. Um, to me, uh, I think it's important that we start running for local offices um, because separatists are running for those offices. Um, it's it's like Sandra and I said when we were in studio um, like we voted in elections where people were running unopposed, mm-hmm. right? And and we can't allow that anymore. We have to oppose them. Mm-hmm. Um, without resistance, we can see where they will abrogate the authority of local law enforcement. Um, they're going to fuck with elections. You know, they are running to replace um, people like that Georgia uh, election authority who stopped Trump from, you know, stealing the election in that state. Mm-hmm. Um while these people are um, a fringe movement and they've shown some difficulty in organizing, if even like a small percentage of their number act on threats of violence, America could be in for a rough time. It doesn't take much to bomb a power substation or, as the Bundys have recently threatened, to take possession of a reservoir lock and fuck up the lives of thousands. Um, what we can do is run for office, right? Like, I, I'm going to continue to say that. Uh, if you're not running for office, you need to be phone banking for somebody who is running for office, not just donating. Like you need to give your time. Um, you know, for those listeners who are ex Mormons, there's a phrase you're probably familiar with time and talents, right? Um, give your time and talents, right? Uh, find a way to volunteer for a campaign, run, run yourself, run for your school board, run for your city council, run for your election commission, be a poll worker, right? Get involved. Um, be a, a statesman citizen is, is my suggestion to you. Um, for now, this is the end of the Christian nationalism miniseries. Um, I'm not done yet. Um, there are more topics I want to cover. Uh, one of the things I want to cover is a funding network of Christian nationalist advocacy groups um, that are linked to the DeVos and Mercer families. Um, those names should ring a bell for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Another thing I want to cover uh, is the Dominionist movement, which is kind of like it's kind of the same thing as Christian nationalism, but it's older and there's like slight differences. It's kind of weird. They're very tight knit. Um, I want to do a deeper dive of the Christian identity movement um, that I talked about tonight. I want to dedicate a whole episode to that sometime because it's it's white supremacy that embraces the Bible in really weird, stupid ways. Um <laughs> But for now, um, these episodes, they take a lot of time, right? Like this, this isn't my full-time job, but it's, it's been like a part-time job researching these and, and cutting scripts down. So I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a break for a few weeks. Um, and then I will probably jump into some of those additional topics down the road. Um, probably later this summer, like it'll be sooner rather than later, but I got to take a break for a few weeks. Um, if you liked this mini series, um, let us know on social media, if there's stuff that you feel like I missed, um, James, I know, um, <laughs> I, I need to get into more of the Betsy DeVos and Eric Prince stuff. 
Um, this episode on on uh, Bundy and Shay went two episodes when I thought it would go one. So I just need more time. Um, but yeah, let us know. Like if there is is stuff that you want us to cover on this topic or other topics, um, you know, mail us in, call our number, email us, like talk to us on Facebook. Um, I hope that doing this series um, has shown you that like we can spend a lot of time researching things and talk about them in, in great detail. Um, and that if there are topics that you want to know more about, like say turning points USA that we're going to talk about in yeah. the near future, um, we're happy to do that. So I hope that this has been informative for you guys. Um, that's what I got. Dan ran. Thank you so much for doing this, Taylor. Honestly, this has been fucking fantastic. And yes, you should take a definite well-deserved <laughs> break from doing it because I know the amount of work that you've put into this and it's amazing, fantastic, and awesome. Thank you so, so much for doing this. This has been incredibly helpful. I hope not only to our listeners, but I know it's been helpful for me in getting my mind wrapped more around the problems, the existential threat problems that we're facing as liberal slash progressives in countering the narratives and, and, and terroristic threat of these Christian nationalist groups. Yeah. 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 It's just making you a little bit more of a pessimist now. I mean, you know, for, for, (laughs) for each of these militia groups, right? Like for every wackadoo who's in a militia, there's 99 other people who want nothing to do with it. True. It's Um, just, there was a book I want to say by Naomi Klein Uh um, about how people react to crises. Um, She specifically talked about uh, uh, the hurricane Katrina incident and disabused a lot of people of the notions that society totally broke down and pointed out mutual aid groups and people who were breaking into shops, not to steal shit like TVs, but to get diapers and medicine, medicine who needed them. Yeah. Um, in a crisis, data seems to show that people band together. They don't fight each other. That in an apocalypse, the world is probably not going to look like Cormac McCarthy's The Road. So, like, I don't want you to feel depressed about that. That being said, I do want you appropriately concerned about people who are trying to usurp or overthrow the government um, with this Christian nationalist ideology. I just fear with some of these groups that they have the mentality and maybe the want to just random acts of violence. Yeah. I mean, yes. that are hard, that are, that's hard to counter when someone decides mm-hmm. to do something like, no, I'm going to go do this horrible thing. Mm-hmm. That's hard to counter. It, uh, it helps that this week, the um, I want to say the Department of Justice, but it might have been the DHS. I, I can't remember. Um, the executive branch put out the first ever um, counter domestic terrorism strategy. Now, they've had the counter okay. violent extremism program before, um, but this is the first time they've ever said domestic terrorism exists. And not only are we going to litigate against people who commit terrorism, but we're going to engage in programs to stop it before it happens. Which is so, needed. Yeah, it's very needed. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I grow increasingly concerned year over year. the The ascendance of Donald Trump and Trumpism in general, I think, has really opened my eyes to. Well, I wouldn't even say it's opened my eyes. It's it's validated my concerns. The concerns that I've seen over the last forty fucking years of the Republican Party leading everybody down this path of Mm -hmm. super conservatism, religious identity, white nationalism, racism, xenophobia, isolationism, all of the terrible fucking things that come from fear of an invisible monster in the sky that they're going to, to worship, right? That Mm -hmm. all of this over the last 40 years, trickle down economics, Reagan is all, all of that shit has led us to where we are now and we're not in a good spot. And it's because people haven't been politically active. They haven't felt a need to be. And my hope is that the ascendancy of Donald Trump and Trumpism has opened the eyes of so many more people to the problems that we're going mm-hmm. to be encountering and that we need to counter if this yeah. nation and the rest of everybody else is going to survive these fucking lunatics. 
Mm-hmm. Do, do you mind if I say something real quick? Not at all. Um, so conservatives like masturbate to pocket constitutions, right? Yeah. Um, and and I'm gonna say something, and please like follow me through to the end of my paragraph here, because <laughs> I'm I'm saying this in good faith. Um, America has done bad shit. You know, we we had an economy based on slavery. We committed genocide on Native American peoples. We did the Tuskegee experiments, right? Uh, we had apartheid by way of Jim Crow. Um, we had a eugenics program that ran for like 80, 90 years that was forcibly sterilizing minorities, right? We have done bad shit. Um, and I think that that probably drives a lot of the progressive like movements undertone of not having a sense of like, patriotism right um which is totally understandable um but at the end of the day like this is the place that we live right yes we've done bad shit in the past um but unless your plan is to leave and take it from me it's harder than it fucking sounds (laughs) right because i would be in sweden right now if i could i would have been in sweden in august if i could um like we have to make this place better and we can either resign ourselves to the thought of, oh, well, America was, you know, a, a genocidal Reich for 200 years. Or we can say, yeah, it was and it will continue to be unless we do something about it. And it, like, I, I don't need you to like wear fucking American flag underwear. Right. Like, I don't need you to start wanking to the Constitution. But like, I don't know, man, like I'm not even calling for pride in our government, but like participation. Like, get involved, be the change, make a difference. You literally have to. There's nowhere else for you to go. This boat sucks, but we can either make it suck less or it will sink. Mm-hmm. So do yeah. your thing. That's right. I just wanted to jump on that and be like, you, you talk about these people that basically jerk jerk off to a, a, a constitution. But they're. When I look at the Constitution, I look at it, it's it's not perfect. It hasn't been perfect, but it gives the framework to be able to work on something and eventually to progress, yeah, to make yeah. progress in society and make it a, something better. Mm-hmm. Perhaps we can make a more perfect union. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And maybe that so, should be our slogan, right? Like rather than America has sucked for 300 years. We need to make it better. Union. Yeah. And and they the, the Constitution is just kind of like in our founding fathers. They were the groundwork to that. Yeah. You weren't supposed to stop there. You don't stop at the foundation. You keep going. They were trying to yeah. build a foundation for you to build on top of and to build on top of to build something better. But when I see uh, the Christian nationalist side of it, they just want to strip layers off. Mm-hmm. Yeah burn it down so they can build a church on top of it. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and now that you've mentioned burn it all down, like I was going to say that the, also the people on the progressive left who say stupid shit, like burn it all down. No, don't fucking do that. Don't burn it yeah. all down. You, it is within our power. We have the means of changing our system of government. We have the means of changing how government functions. You don't have to burn it all down. And yeah. if you burn it all down, you're going to make a lot more people suffer for a lot fucking longer than necessary. Just get involved. Do your fucking part. You don't have to burn it all down. You can build back better. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, that works good, but I was I was going to say we need we, some of the layers of our foundation just need to be repainted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. all right, so so that's our show. Um thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving me the the air to do this mini series. Yes, it's been and an honor. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much for putting it all together, Taylor. I really really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Before we go, though, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters who have made this show possible for all of you out there in listening land. You should you should be thanking them as well. So I want to make sure that we thank two skeptical chaps. Alan Firth. Don't be a Richard. Hunter Grin. John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Sinead Duffy. Steve Kuno. Stephen Andrews. Tiffany Hudson. Vanessa. All hail, Peanut Buttra. I've been waiting for that one. <laughs> Andrew Vodapich. Corey Ebert. Jeff Peterson. Jeremy Goodson. Megan Mitchell. Utah Outcast. Wesley Aaron. 
Freethinker215. Matt Sa- uh, Sanders. I want to say Saunders. <laughs> Matt Sanders. <laughs> Chad Pryor. Uh, Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Savita Kuna. Jean-Paul Sartre. Chart. Uh, Tim Jacobson. <laughs> Trisha Weir. A noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. A perfectly cromulent statement. I was hoping you'd fuck that up. <laughs> no. uh, Ted Sellen. Sarah Segovia. And James. Thanks so much, James. Woo! Thank you all very, very much. Uh, if you, dear listener, would like to become a Patreon patron, and you should want to, because this is a fantastic show, and you've been enjoying it all this time for free, you should you should throw a few bucks our way to help keep it going. Make it better. Uh, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode. Then you get all kinds of fun things, like the knowledge of that you're keeping the show going, that you get early episodes, that you get extended episodes, that you get bonus episodes. Or, uh, or me and Taylor singing. Yeah, all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff, man. And I'm not saying that if 200 of you donated money that I'd be able to quit my job and do this full time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should we should set a Patreon goal. I have not done that yet. I need to I need to revamp all of our Patreon stuff because it's been a while since I visited it. But, There's a dollar value at which I quit my job and do this like twice a week <laughs> and just put out constant content at the level of the mini series that we just did. But it, it's got to be job replacement level. So oh, yeah. that's on you, listeners. That's on you. Yeah, like I, I, there are so many other podcasts that I listen to and thoroughly enjoy and fucking love. And, but they do that as like a living. They do it as their job. It's not a, it's not a side thing that they do that just because they enjoy it. It's like what they do to maintain and sustain themselves. And right. That's not what we do here. But um, yeah, if if we could do that, that would be amazing. Fantastic. Awesome. (laughs) I would love that. But yeah. yeah. But I'm not Matt Shea. I'm not going to put Sandra to work Ooh. while I do this. So <laughs> then we can go on tour with our atheisting. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that's all on you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you all out there for listening. I'm going to go get some dinner now. Uh, Daniel, oh. out. Uh, don't forget rule number two. Don't be an asshole. Oh, I don't know what it is yet. Oh, okay. I thought rule number one covered it. But don't forget it. <laughs> the movement started as a small white ring uh <laughs> right wing yeah same diff right yeah well that was a lot of shit about um you know anti-government folks but it wasn't really christian nationalism and i'm hoping this week's content makes you go oh you know yeah. scooby-doo pulled away the mask and it was christian nationalism all along we're gonna kind of shit up. in the same pot yeah yeah yeah. So okay. Uh, I don't know. Are you, will we do a break, or should I just launch right into it? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to the outtakes for sure. Uh.